this is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with John, the director of Expose NCOSE. At Adult Site Broker, we're proud to announce our latest project, thewaronporn.com. You'll find articles from industry websites, as well as mainstream publications from around the world. It's designed to raise awareness of our industry's plight in the war on porn and the numerous attacks on our industry and online free speech by hate groups, the religious right, and politicians. You'll find all that and more at thewaronporn.com. You've probably noticed our new podcast site at adultsitebroker.com. It has a more modern look with easier navigation and more information on our guests, including their social media links. For more, go to adultsitebrokertalk.com. And we've doubled our affiliate payouts on ASB Cash. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us, you'll receive 20% of our broker commission on all sales that result from that referral for life. Check out ASBCash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer a unique sex toy, the Baldo. The Baldo has created something new, ball sex, and a range of devices that allow you to have ball sex. These devices are patented and trademarked in multiple countries. Baldo.com is their main international e-commerce site. This gives men a second penis that never goes soft, but with the added benefit of having an erotic sensation in the balls. Baldo cups the balls and makes them feel safe. The open sides of the Baldo cage keep the balls where they're designed to be. The cage and its inner core take the pressure off penetration and guides the balls inside their partner. When inside, a sensation of warmth, rubbing from thrusting, stimulation of nerve endings, and pressure at the base of the penis all work together to deliver what can be a very heavy ballgasm, all without using or touching the penis at all. In fact, Cosmopolitan Magazine verified this in a review on Baldo. Baldo has received a flood of media attention, with appearances on The Howard Stern Show and reviews in Cosmo, Wired, Vice, and Sex Cells. This has caused consistent sales spikes. The cartoon featuring Chuck the Balls has been watched over 400,000 times. Through additional investment, the company will be able to spend on advertising, affiliate marketing, and dedicated sales resources, the only things keeping ball sex from literally exploding. There are another eight products in development which use the balls for ball sex. Only $250,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is John from Expose NCOSE. John, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Thank you, Bruce. It's nice being on here with you. <laughs> it's nice to have you. 
I'm a bit anxious, so please pardon, all right? Uh, not a problem. So John is the director of Expose NCOSE, which is an organization that was formed by people who were sick and tired of NCOSE, willfully fulfilling their selfish purposes, censoring and erasing our online spaces, and disguising their true goals under the false pretense of protecting children. Here's an excerpt from their website. The National Center of Sexual Exploitation, formerly known as Morality and Media, presents itself as a charitable support organization for victims of sex crimes. However, their claims are far, far from the truth. In reality, they are a far-right homophobic religious organization whose CEO is associated with an already registered hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center that aims to eliminate all LGBTQ plus and all sexual kinds of speech and expression online under the guise of protecting children from harm. NCOSC was established in 1962 as Operation Yorkville by Father Morton Hill of the St. Ignatius Loyola Catholic Church in order to, to combat perceived issues from salacious magazines and pornography to atheism, obscenity, homosexuality, juvenile delinquency, masturbation, and high school sex clubs. In 1968, Operation Yorkville would be rebranded to Morality and Media, and their pursuits since then have included claiming gay marriage is linked to mass murder, suing famous late comedian George Carlin for swearing on the radio, and claiming that the Monty Python movie Life of Brian was a direct, aggressive, deliberate violation of the rights of believing persons. In 2015, lobbyist Patrick Truman rebranded Morality and Media, again, to what it is now, the National Center for Sexual Exploitation. Their goals are to get NCOSE to be labeled as a registered hate group with the Southern Poverty Law Center, I should say your goals, for companies and politicians of all sides to end their relationship with NCOSE and to let the public and media know the truth about NCOSE. So, John, what are your plans for a successful campaign against NCOSE? Well, for one, getting them registered as a hate group once and for all, like they should have been a long-ass time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Because literally, have you seen their history and the people they're connected to? Mm-hmm. Like, it is fucked up. Like, they are, like, tied to several hate organizations that are, like, against abortion, gay rights, all that horrifying shit, you know? And it's it's mostly worrying when, in the States, since I don't live in the States, but, like, when these things are getting, like, on a pedestal i don't know what the word is used but like a hot topic issue like they're vulnerable more vulnerable than ever and i think that's really worrying if i'm going to be honest as a queer person myself mm -hmm. and um what's worrying for me is that these people don't care about kids kids are always just a pawn for their shitty agendas and so on and their policies and like things they advocate for only hurt kids and victims than actually help them. Because they were huge advocates of SESTA-FOSTA, and we both know that didn't stop a single sex trafficker from, like, from stopping sex trafficking and so on. No. I feel like just something needed to be done about these groups because I feel like nobody was speaking up about it. I've tried contacting the EFF because I will admit I am in communications with one of the members of the EFF. What's the EFF? I'm sorry. The Electronic Frontier Foundation. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. 
they do realize the threat, but I, they did, I will admit, it isn't their thing to speak on. And I did try contacting the porn lobby of the Free Speech Coalition, and to give them credit, I think they understand somewhat, but I feel like they don't really understand how dangerous this group is, if I'm going to be honest. I disagree. Um, I have, I've had Allison Bowden on a couple of times, and if you haven't heard those segments, you need to, because they're definitely aware of it. And yeah, so I mean, they're they're extremely aware of NCOSC and the other hate groups, and they're fighting very hard against them. Well, that's good. I, I also did talk to that Mike Stabile. Mike Stabile. Yeah, Stabile. Mike's been on the podcast too, and we've discussed it. Well, cool. My uh, members are huge fans of his work. He's a great guy. Yeah, really great guy. Even the EFF guy said so. No, Mike's tops. Allison is tops. I've known Allison when she was running kink.com, and she is definitely the best director that uh, FSC's ever had because really shit is getting done now. They've hired lobbyists, and they're suing the state of Utah for the anti-porn legislation. So there's all kinds of good stuff happening and those people are definitely behind it. Same. Well, that's good. I, have a, I won't lie. I have been also alerting Mike about what's happening in Canada, but this isn't really the discussion for it. But they're also aware, which makes me hopeful. And but No, we can talk about Canada. Look, this podcast has a worldwide scope, so feel free. What's going on there? Well, there's Bill C-11. Have you ever heard of what that is? No, I have not. It's the Online Streaming Act, and it basically would allow our version of the FCC, the CRTC, to manipulate social media algorithms into what into feeding Canadians Canadian content, quote unquote. I think I have heard about that. Yes. Yes. It would also affect adult platforms too. Mm-hmm. I personally I'm both concerned but not as concerned. If I'm going to be honest from what I've seen, they want more websites and streaming services to have a Canadian section, which I'm fine with, but like the Trudeau government can be a bit suspicious at times, if I'm going to be honest. I don't really fully trust the liberals or conservatives, <laughs> but like, yes. but like what they've done, like with that trucker convoy, I, I really don't really trust their judgment. Like, even though I disagreed with the truckers, they, they, that was really fucked up what Trudeau did to them. What happened? He froze all their bank accounts. Yeah. yeah. Cause they had a convoy for what? COVID mandates. Oh, listen, COVID like the, if there's one thing I can give our right-wingers here in Canada is that they're a lot more libertarian than they are authoritarian in, in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm going to be honest, they realize that they can't get away with in what they can in the States, and they realize that this is a multicultural country, There's and it's more than just rich white Christians who live here, and they, they don't make up most of the vote, so that's good. I'm also glad the trans-moral panic isn't infecting here because god i really hate that it's crazy in in the u.s there's no two ways about it if i'm going to be honest at least the u.s has its first amendments i'm really worried about the uk yeah exactly i have a trans friend in the uk and i'm worried for them yeah i'm worried about a lot of things right now one thing i'm also worried about is that there are two anti-porn like politicians in canada that i'm worried for there's this quebec politician I do think it has good intentions, but I think she is misguided. But one, I think, is generally hostile. I, I forget their names, but one wants an age verification law that literally just says any age verification mandate 
personally, because of how vague it is, I'm not too worried about it because it could literally mean anything. It doesn't specify what it is. The more vague it is, the more dangerous it is. True. Then again, privacy is a, prote- a constitutionally protected right here in Canada, and anonymity is protected here. Then it probably will get voted down or get overturned by the high court, I'm, I'm guessing. We have a privacy commissioner here, so I'm not too worried in a good Supreme Court. Okay. So what was your breaking point where you said, hey, we've got to do something about NCOSC? Uh, basically, what really animated me, if I'm going to be honest, was um, there's this artist I follow called Mr. Peculiar. You probably don't know him, but he's like an artist that I really like. I like his art style. And basically, he posted like an XBiz article about the Nokosi Reddit ban, basically saying you better make some noise and so on and so forth. And underneath another comment, I found out that Nokosi was responsible for the Tumblr purge of 2018. And I, if I'm going to be honest, I felt a rage that I have never felt before in mm-hmm. my entire body. Like, I was so angry when I read that, because not to over-explain or, like, reveal too much, but I used to be a porn artist on Tumblr, and I had a pretty big blog and following. Yeah. It was really fun, and I I feel like I was going to get somewhere with it, and people liked my art, and it was a really good self-esteem booster for me. And when Tumblr banned porn, all my art just went Thanos, like, Thanos snapped, basically. And I... I kind of felt through a depression. I, I don't, I'd rather not get into it, but basically my mental health really declined after that. That's terrible. And, um, and basically, I'm just realizing how bad it was because after that, it, COVID happened and it re- that also fucked my mental health. I think that messed with everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But still, like, just seeing Nikosi responsible for that Tumblr purge, I... You, have you seen the show Ren and Stimpy? No. You never seen Ren and Stimpy? It's a classic. I don't watch a lot of TV. What's it on? Uh, it's a classic Nickelodeon cartoon. Oh, well, that's probably the reason. <laughs> Basically, there, there's this episode where uh, Stimpy's German brother, or was it his cousin? I don't know. But basically, Stimpy's German cousin comes, and they basically wreck a bunch of Ren stuff. And Ren comes home from work, and like he's like, goes, I'm so angry. Oh, like... Like, you can tell that he's he's so angry that he can't express it. And that's how you felt? Yeah, I felt like that. Okay, I get it. And it didn't help that that stupid fucking Earn It Act came back. Yeah, that's not great either. Basically, it's a combination of those things and the fact that they would be on a special commission and how politicians are feeding into this bullshit. I, I just said enough is a fuck enough, and it's about time somebody does something about these assholes. Well, good for you. Good for you. What started is that I found somebody similar who hated NoC, and we started this Discord server, and we found this anti-internet censorship Discord server who also shared our hatred for NoC, and that's how we're here today. That's fantastic. So tell me about your organization. How old is it? How many people are in it? And you know how does it work? I know you're staying fairly anonymous, and I can understand that. Um, I think we have like 28 members in our Discord server. Some of them are active, some of them are not, but like they're all very passionate about it. They like to contribute ideas. They like to just rant. They just like to, they just support our cause. And like, if they try, they like to share our petition and so on. And it's great. It's very great. And you can stay anonymous on Discord. Yeah, we can also stay anonymous on Discord too. That's a plus too. 
by the way, do you want to share share that uh, that Discord server so people can check it out? I would love to, but it's a security measure because Nokosi has eyes everywhere, and I'd rather. Okay, understand. Just wanted to give you that opportunity. You asked about what's our main goal. I felt like for a long time they just these assholes needed to be registered as a hate group because I feel like if they were registered as a hate group, it would enforce honesty about their past goals because they constantly lie about how they're not a religious organization. I feel like if we register them as a hate group, it would enforce honesty because you see these me- the members of Nicosia and how they're all religious and like their Wikipedia page and like these companies and politicians are falling for it. And I feel like if we registered them as a hate group, they would have to be honest about themselves. Well, and another thing, okay, let's face it. The Republican politicians want to fall for it. Now, the left-wing politicians may be getting sucked in. I know a lot of them got sucked in by the whole FOSTA-SESTA thing. And I'd like to thank our distinguished vice president for being behind that, who I, by the way, did not vote for in the presidential nomination, even though I come from California. I voted for Mayor Pete, by the way, just to let you know, and I'm very proud of it. I didn't vote for any. I voted for Jagmeet's. Well, I know because you live in Canada, but there was no way I would have voted for Kamala Harris. I've I've never been a I've never been a fan. I won't lie. I really hate how you guys have like a two party system. It must be terrible. I do too. I do too. I don't like anything about our political system. But living in Thailand, it makes life a lot easier. It's it's pretty easy for me to uh, somewhat blow it off, you know. Thailand's like a death trap for me because I'm allergic to peanuts, and I and peanuts are literally everywhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So is NCOSC profiting monetarily from what they're doing? Yeah. Like, have you seen their tax documents? Like, not a single dime goes to a single victim of a sex crime. Same with Exodus Cry. Like, they all parade themselves as like, oh, we're stopping human trafficking. Yeah, let's stop sex crimes, you guys. And then you see their tax documents, and they do absolutely none of it. And most of their money goes to stupid bullshit propaganda campaigns. Or or in their pocket. Or And that stupid dirty dozen list. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. There's also another thing that animated me to do this. Uh, recently, Nakosi made this article about, quote-unquote, cartoon pornography. Mm-hmm. And basically says, oh, these evil pornographers, they want our children to be addicted. And me, who literally spent... I'm sorry for getting emotional, but like me, who literally says minors get the fuck out and constantly does everything to prevent minors from accessing our stuff. We literally don't like minors. We constantly make fun of minors. We hate minors. That made me seethe in anger. Yeah, yeah. Well, for them to say that this is for the kids is just such bullshit. But then again, that's always what these harlequins do is they say, oh, it's for the kids, it's to protect the children. And you know, it couldn't be further from the truth. As you say, they're hate groups. They're against gays. They're against porn. They're against a lot of things. Like they're even against George Carlin for swearing on the radio. Do you remember that? George Carlin, Life of Brian. Come on, man. Really? That's comedy. I mean, give me a break. I'm sure they must have loved Sam Kinison too. I used to love Sam Kinison. Oh, my God. I saw him live so many times. I don't know who that is because I'm a Zoomer. 
I know you are, but you should look him up on YouTube. He was really, really funny. Some of his comedy wasn't exactly pro-gay, but I will tell you that he was a very, very funny man. He, he passed away, unfortunately. Um, what are the group's plans for the future? If we manage to get Nikosi successfully registered as a hate group, we're planning on maybe doing a campaign where we pressure Nikosi into actually giving all their money to a victim of a sex crime. Like, make sure all the money they get goes to actual victims and not Patrick Truman's pockets. Absolutely. We're planning on maybe turning this, if we're successful, into an anti-porn watchdog group to enforce honesty, because there's a lot of these anti-porn groups and communities that are not honest about their true goals. I think that would be wonderful. Yes, Exodus Cry is another one that is just horrendous. And, you know, I will admit, This is all about accountability, and isn't that what all these groups want, accountability? Well, so they say. Yeah, I'm just holding them by the same standards, and I hope they're okay with that. (laughs) They're not. Trust me, they're not. They blocked me because of it. Well, that's good. Then you should be very proud. I am. Talk a little bit about moral panic having to do with adult content that's being used to undermine our freedoms. I like to thank a few things for this matter. I like to I I probably would like to blame the YouTube commentary community and maybe the Twitter drama space and maybe also the tabloid media too. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to blame the Twitter drama sphere for a second because mm-hmm. the thing that I've noticed is that a lot of people are ousted as grooming kids and like so on and so forth. And basically, it's a huge trend to like dogpile somebody for doing a bad things to children and so on and i'm not trying to defend it but like there's people who make careers talking about like these horrible subjects and like making it a show i don't know how to describe it are you familiar with lol cows no a lol cow is like somebody who is constantly milked for laughs and like entertainment to give an example have you ever heard of chris chan or christian weston chandler no Basically, he was this autistic guy with a with a character named Sonichu, and basically, I won't lie, Chris, he wasn't fully there, but the internet latched onto him, and basically, people would constantly make him do really crazy things, like drive to another state, shove his Sonichu medallion up his ass, or record himself having sex with a blow-up doll. Like, there's a whole community based on this, if you don't believe it or not. Oh, I believe it. I, I, nothing would surprise me anymore, especially when it comes to social media. Yeah. Since COVID happened and since a lot of politicians were on social media, I think they constantly were consumed because Twitter, that trending tab and with all that shit like Dream and probably don't know who Dream is. Mm-mm. He's like this Minecraft YouTuber that's super popular and people make lies about him. It's crazy. I'm going to say a lot of things you probably don't understand. Oh, probably. I'm 65 and you're you're 21. So yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, basically, I like to probably blame the 24-hour news cycle. Maybe also the fact, maybe Twitter. Because I know people like to blame social media. But when people say social media, it's usually Twitter or TikTok. Well, it's not only social media itself, it's how social media is used. Yeah. I would like to add, I really hate how, because of all this bullshit, it's really hard to push for social media regulation that's actually good. Because there's a lot of things I think need to be regulated on social media. Like, I think infinite scrolling is actually really harmful to not just minors, but adults. 
Yeah, but as soon as you start regulating social media, then you're getting into free speech issues, and that's a real problem. It's really difficult because what I want is not free speech related, but more technical, if that makes sense, like dark patterns, infinite scrolling, and like algorithms forced out. Yeah, like all that. I'm not talking about speech, but like. Right. Well, it still crosses over into speech, unfortunately, and that's a real problem with that. But let's just cross over here and let's discuss free speech and privacy online a bit. How does this tie into your campaign against NCOSE? Uh, good question. Basically, I know because I asked it. I, I like to believe that um, because of Nikosi, I like to believe that they're kind of responsible for all these bad laws and like all these crazy shit because like you know that uk online safety bill yeah nicosi is held was involved with that because they have a separate like entity called i forget what's called but it was like ic international something and it doesn't help that their vice president Haley mcnamara is literally making articles saying that privacy should be eliminated lovely huh yeah but on our website, our, on our Weebly site, we have an article by Haley McNamara about how online privacy is bad. And that should scare people because it shows their true goals with these laws. Well, I would think so. It scares me. It scares me too. I like to believe that their main goals is to make problems worse so it makes them look better. Because I've been looking at some data and apparently sex trafficking was really bad, like was going down before Sesta Fosta came into law. And that it was really easy to catch criminals. And I would like to add, whenever it comes to these topics and like laws, I see nobody ever say, hey, I'm really glad that we're catching criminals. Shouldn't we be like glad that we're catching criminals in broad daylight and bringing them to justice? Yes. And the escort sites and the use of social media to promote prostitution Those things were helping law enforcement, and law enforcement will be the first to tell you that ever since FOSTA-SESTA, they have a very difficult time catching the traffickers. Exactly. We talked about that at length uh, when I uh, had my conversation with Allison Bowden, by the way. Uh, Send me a link to that. I'm interested. Check out the podcast. It was about 10 episodes ago. I'll I'll definitely check it out. If you're going to be on it, uh, it's your duty to listen to it as well. I, I will admit, I did listen to the podcast with Mike. Fantastic. Yeah, he, he did a really, really nice job. So how are these people violating the First Amendment and other such laws in countries besides the USA? For us, it's Section 2B of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. I like to think that they're manipulative, like a snake oil salesman, or you know that Simpsons episode about with the monorail? Mm-hmm. I do know The Simpsons. <laughs> it's all clever wordplay, if I'm going to be honest. Like, it's all about manipulation. It's about trying to censor speech without censoring speech, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's still censoring speech no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, because I think they realize that they can't do the old thing where they say, oh, it's against morality or God or whatever, because they realize that that's outdated and people will just laugh at them because it's that shit can't pass. But I think they have updated their message, like their methods, you know, they went with the times. Well, I mean, let's face it, sex trafficking, it is a bad issue, but it's also a hot button topic. And they glommed on to that. And everybody's like, well, I mean, when they ask for people to support Foster Sis, they go, well, you're against sex trafficking, right? 
And I think what ended up happening was the politicians were afraid to vote against it because if you voted against it, it looked like you were for sex trafficking and people would have targeted them in the next election. Yeah, exactly. This is what I mean when I think we should register Nokosi as a hate group because they're really manipulative and like, I believe if registered as a hate group, it would force these corporations and politicians to not work with them. Well, yeah, if they support them, then they're supporting a hate group and that's bad for business. Especially for a Democrat. Republicans, they probably don't care. But for Democrats, when LGBTQ issues are a really hot topic issue at the time, and they're like, you bet a lot of Democrat politicians want to attach themselves to Gen Z. And if they're associated with laws by a registered hate group. You're not going to get votes. Yeah, they're not going to get votes. Yeah. Not going to get my vote, that's for sure. I'm from San Francisco, man. I've got a very open mind. So... No, I, I definitely, that's, that's definitely a topic that I vote on. And well, look, the people I vote for definitely aren't, they're not going to be supporting those people. Uh, um, I also believe registering them as a hate group will also force all these corporations to like back off and not support them. What I'd expect is if, if this is a huge storm, I bet all these companies will either make a statement saying we are sorry for supporting this group and like, commitment to LGBTQ rights or whatever, you know, all that typical corporate corpo stuff. And I believe it would make them think twice before accepting anything from these people. And I think it would also make politicians question some of these people as well. You'd hope so. You definitely hope so. So talk about the entire anti-porn movement in general, if you would. I think it's a really serious issue that not just when I mean anti-porn, I mean groups like Nikosi, Exodus Cry, all those weird anti-porn subreddits and like with cultish behavior, no fap, all that shit. I, I think it's a lot more of a serious issue than people think it is because these people are going out committing mass shootings. They're brainwashing people. People are killing themselves because they jerked off and like people are being shunned and like, I'm just going to admit it, it's a cult. This is a fucking cult and it needs to be called out as such. I don't know. I think one of these days, even though some of them are committing mass shootings, eventually one of them is going to commit like a really bad mass shooting. And it could happen at any time, especially with Republican politicians and pundits constantly saying, they're showing porn to children. Oh, no. Well, you got the Fox Newses of the world egging them on, let's face it. Yeah. And that's uh, that's definitely a thing that causes lots of mass shootings are the things that Fox News quote unquote, report on because the agendas they push cause people to go nuts and get their AR-15s out. So is there bigotry in the anti-porn movement? Yes, there is. Like it's ever since day one, because I think they realize that they can't do their old methods, so they need to be clever about it. And here's the thing. Oh, I'll bring up a new topic, uh, transgenderism or like trans issues or whatever. Here's the thing with a lot of trans people. They are often discriminated by most jobs, and they have a hard time finding jobs. So they often go to porn because it's often a high employer for them. It's kind of like here. The the trans people here, a high percentage of them work in sex work and prostitution here. Yeah. And I think if they're trying their damnedest to get rid of the porn industry, I think it's them trying to get rid of their income a way to make them broke, you know? Well, my income and a lot of other people's income as well in our industry. 
especially artists' income too. So what's the best way to hold NCOSC and other groups like them accountable? Just do the same thing they do. Just call out their past mistakes. Maybe make fun of them. Maybe play by their rules, if I'm going to be honest. See how they like it. Sure, sure. That makes sense. So where does LGBTQ plus rights figure into your campaign? Basically, their true goals is to eliminate all LGBTQ speech online. Like their members constantly like retweet, constantly like a lot of homophobic shit. And that's their main goal. Patrick A. Truman is associated with a registered hate group. I believe that if they do get into power, they're going to censor it because it's harmful to children. And the amazing thing about the whole harmful to children thing is legitimate people in the adult industry, which are the the people that I do business with, the one thing they want the least is for children to see their work. We do not want children on porn sites. And we do everything we can to keep children off of porn sites. We have an organization, ASACP, that whose director is actually based in Canada, where the goal is to keep children uh, not only off of porn sites, but also to keep children out of porn. So, I mean, that's the last thing that the adult industry wants. And we do everything we can to keep that from happening. Right now, there's a lot of age verification laws, all in right-wing states, of course. Actually, there might be one or two in left-wing states now that I think about it. But the majority are in right-wing states. And they're trying to make it so difficult, you know, vaporizes, that we don't have a business anymore. And the, the biggest problem is, with age verification is, Do you really want to put your driver's license on a website, on any website, let alone a porn site? Most people don't trust porn sites. That's the problem. Yeah, like especially with the amount of cyber attacks that happened to the fact that I heard rumors that Pornhub source code got leaked and hackers are already abusing Pornhub's source code to make like Pornhub websites to for the sole purpose of stealing personal documents. I'm pretty sure I did hear about a data leak with them, yes. I'm going to be honest, like, this age verification technology isn't meant for going on websites. It's meant for purchase, like, making sure you're the right person to purchase something like a gun or gambling. Maybe the answer is to have age verification platforms that are government-mandated where you actually get some kind of a token, some kind of an online token that allows you to view adult content. I think something like that would be very good. For me, how I would do a verification if I was possible was have a system I call one and done where you basically pay your like router service to allow adult content on it. Yeah, that's a possibility too. So how do you anticipate getting the Southern Poverty Law Center to declare these people as a hate group? Um, just showing them that there are already like people who they already registered in hate groups working here, and the fact that their shady history isn't really proving them otherwise, you know. Okay, is that hard to do? I'm not sure actually, but like I messaged them, and our petition is growing, and I know with enough societal pressure, anything can happen. I agree with you. Do you need a petition to go to them? The petition means nothing. It's meant to represent something. If I'm going to be honest, most online petitions don't go anywhere, but. It's meant to say something as it ties into a thing I'm going to say later. 
Okay. It shows people that we're sick of this, you know? And it gives people like a voice, you know? It makes people think like they're doing something good. And I like that. Well, maybe that's something to work on. What can the people listening do to fight NCOSE and others who oppose porn and have other anti-sexual expression beliefs? Um, just hold them by the same standards they do, because they really don't like that. But I mean, is there anything tangible that these people can do? Um, what do you mean by tangible? Just curious. Well, I mean, what actions would you like our listeners to take? Uh, sign our petition. Where can they find it? Go on our Twitter. Uh, go to expose no E-X-P-O-S-E. C-O-S-E. On Twitter. And it has everything, like our website and everything. I haven't bought a domain for it today, funny enough. Hey, congratulations. I know I was pushing you towards that. So what's your biggest inspiration for starting this campaign? I'd like to thank one of my biggest inspirations, Leila Makalot, and her trafficking hub campaign. Because that thing spread like wildfire, and it gave me so many ideas. And I'd like to thank Mudahar's video. Oh, you probably don't know who Mudahar is. Yeah, tell me about the video. Basically, his name is Some Ordinary Gamers, and he basically covers the trafficking hub scandal on both sides. Hmm. Yeah. He's a pretty all right YouTuber. He makes cool mm-hmm. videos and rants. Excellent. Excellent. Well, hey, John, I'd like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk. And I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon as your campaign gains more steam. No problem. It was really nice having you on here, uh, Bruce. It's a pleasure. My broker tip today is part five of how to buy a site. Last week, we talked about how to determine the value of a site, how to negotiate the sale, and how to get to the point of drawing up an agreement. So now you're talking to your attorney and you're having them draft an agreement. What should be in it? Well, your attorney should guide you through the legal side, but here are some considerations to keep in mind from a buying standpoint. What's the date you'd like to close? Make sure you know you'll have the money to either pay the deposit or the entire amount of the purchase by that date. I've had buyers who aren't ready and that just causes issues. Make sure that all of the assets you're purchasing are in that agreement, such as every domain included in the sale, processing and payment accounts, relationships with vendors, all records including 2257 data, software to run the sites, and any other assets such as source code for the sites. Of course, it should spell out any payment schedule if there is one. Who's responsible for closing costs, such as paying for escrow? And there are always terms that are unique to yours and the seller's situation. This assumes you're the party responsible for drawing up the agreement. If the seller is drawing up the agreement, then it's important that you express all of this to your attorney so they can check the seller's agreement and see if any changes are necessary. We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week we'll be speaking with adult attorney, Corey Silverstein. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, John, the director of Expose NCOSE. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.